everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt. Mike, it is draft week. We are finally here. Tomorrow night is the NFL draft. You can make the argument that in the past 20 years, the coolest draft you can have as a Jet fan is you're getting the top five quarterback, right? Top five pick. But guess what? You're not going to the draft knowing who you're taking and then waiting until day two. Nope, you got to pick at 23 where Douglas can move up, move down. You have no idea what he's going to do. Then you have the 34th pick in day two. So you literally just wait for one pick in front of you and you get your pool of every player you argue about for the past, what, 18 hours after the draft. And then you have 100. In the top 100, you have six of the picks. So very cool for the Jets. I can't wait. I'm fired up. We're feeling good. I'm going to drink a lot tomorrow. We're going to drink for every, you know, prospect that the Jets have drafted that hasn't worked out. We're going to take a shot for them, pour one out for the boys, for the homies. We're going to take a shot every 14 seconds for Sam Darnold and and RIP to him. And we're going to move forwards and it's, it's time. I'm feeling good. I said it. I said, look, I needed a, I needed some time when the Jets traded Sam and I needed until the draft. And here we are and we're going to get fired up. We're going to be, you know, ready for the Jets moving forward. I tweeted out yesterday, look, the Jets are going 11 and six. You can't possibly convince me otherwise. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that we don't know what's going to happen in the draft or we haven't signed a cornerback yet, but we're going 11 and six, write it down. We're feeling good. A a big thing too, is that, you know, we're going to do a mock draft here. It is our first and final mock draft. We get a lot of tweets. I think I get like five per day of someone saying, Hey, what do you think of this mock draft? I love you. Keep tweeting at me. I don't really know what's going to happen, right? I, I, you can mock however way you can want. You can be like, dude, this is the mock. This is it. I'm sorry. You're not getting Landon, Landon Dickerson with the 66 pick. You're not getting them. So we're going to do a <laughs> mock Najee draft Harris here. with the 81st pick from PFF. PFF. Garbage, garbage, garbage website. They have a mock simulator. I'm using the one on the draft network. Good. We're going through it live. We have. Oh, wait, but before we do that, what are we doing? Tomorrow we're going to launch some stuff. Oh, oh, big day tomorrow if you're listening tonight or tomorrow morning. Very, very big day. Look out for noon and 2 p.m. Eastern time. Mike has a, a cool video he made, and we have other big news for all Broadway Jets listeners. So stay tuned for that. That'll be fun. No, I'm, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. It's a big day for Broadway Jets. Can't wait. Can't wait. Bart Scott. So starting off the mock here, Mike and I just did a mock draft for like 10 minutes, and we realized that it was only one round. So we're going back to the mock here, taking Zach Wilson at two. It's a popular pick. People know it's happening. Mike, what do you think of Zach Wilson here? I think we're all ready to move on, turn the page, and, and hit the ground running with Zach here. Yes, look, Zach Wilson, is, is he's very handsome. He's an attractive mother. He throws a good ball. He's not turnover prone. He only had three interceptions last year. You know, you can make the argument for the, the small school, but then you could just make a, you know, against Zach with the small school, then you could just make an argument against Justin Fields that he had plays with incredible weapons. So I don't think that argument holds very much. Uh, Michael Nanny put out a good stat school-wise that something like 68% of quarterbacks who made multiple Pro Bowls were the first quarterback from their school to make multiple Pro Bowls. So, you know, BYU is not a deterrent and Ohio State's not a deterrent. So 
all things being equal, I think the Jets should go with Zach Wilson at this point. Yep. He's the consensus number two guy. There were even some rumors that he would go number one, which is not going to happen. Um, I'm happy with Zach Wilson. I'm ready to move on. And I think the Jets are going to be in a good spot in the quarterback position moving forwards. They're going to sign a good veteran backup. Maybe it's Nick Mullins, and we'll be ready to go. Yep, so Wilson's the pick at two. We agree. Quickly, I won't do it every round, but to run through what happens in the first round up until 23. Mac Jones goes number three to the 49ers. Kyle Pitts goes number four to the Falcons. It's going to be a sick offense. Ryan, Julio. Oh, yeah. Falcons are going to be great. Penay Sewell goes to the Bengals at five. A lot of people think that's the case. And then back-to-back receivers, Jamar Chase to the Dolphins at six. And then the Lions take Jalen Waddle at seven. Oh, the Lions get Jalen Waddle. Yep. The Lions do need a receiver, right? Who the fuck do they have? Uh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay left. Unless Marvin Jones stayed, and I'm wrong. but that's... Nah, I mean, they definitely need that number one guy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. What do the Panthers the, do? The Panthers go over Sean Slater to Smart. build that wall for Sam Darnold. Yeah. Uh, Broncos get their quarterback of the future with Trey Lance at number nine. Wow. So the Broncos, of course, today traded for Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. and they have Drew Locke. So it's going to be a crowded quarterback room in Denver. Uh, you know, interesting. So Fields is still on the board. Let's see what happens. Field is on the board. Uh, Patrick Sertain, corner, goes to the Cowboys at 10. Nice. Uh, interesting enough, Mike, we've talked about this before. Michael Parsons goes to the Giants at 11. It's a big pick that I think will happen. You said Dave Gettleman, football guy, loves uh-huh. that rugged inside linebacker. Parsons from Penn State. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, if somehow the Jets could get their hands on that guy. The Jets do. And again, this is interesting. The Jets need an inside linebacker. You look at the Jets' traditional positions of need. Right now, you'd say corner, offensive line, maybe an edge rusher. The Jets need a middle linebacker. They're going to go into the season with C.J. Mosley playing the true mid in the the 4-3. Gerard Davis on one side. Who's playing the other side? The will spot. Remember, it was maybe going to be Keanu Neal, and then he signed with the Cowboys. So the Jets need a will linebacker. Could it be a guy like Parsons if the Jets want to trade up in real life? Maybe it'll be uh, the guy Jock, J-O-K, from uh, Notre Dame. We'll see. Yep, yep. Uh, so J.C. Horn goes 12 to ah. South Carolina uh, to the Eagles. And then to wrap all, rap, rapid fire a few here, Jalen Phillips from Miami Edge goes to the Chargers. Christian Darisol tackled to the Vikings. Devontae Smith goes to the AFC East to the Patriots at wide receiver. So the Patriots don't address quarterback. Patriots do not take Justin Fields, who is on the board right here. Wow. And then popularly mocked to the Jets, Elijah Vera Tucker goes to the Cardinals at 16. Oh, 16. Not close enough where we could be super upset, but it's... I I think you can make the argument that the Jets might have a handshake deal in place with the Raiders if he does fall to 17. You know, Jets could use some of their draft capital to move up to 17 if Tucker falls, and I think he's a guy there. And I think it's very... It might be unpopular from some people, but if Douglas thinks he has a a 10-year starter at a position of need in the top 20 and he can move up, I am all for it. Yes. The, the Jets have holes on their roster in a lot of places, so the popular thing is to trade down. But when you have multiple ones over the next two years, and then you have a ton of draft picks, 21 picks, you can be aggressive in situations like this, and I would love for him to do that. I agree, and the Jets, and to move up from 23 to 16 is not going to take as much draft capital as you think. Yep. Um, and I, you know, we'll see what happens if, if the Jets do make a move. Who's the best trading partner? The Raiders are in the midst of turning over their entire offensive line. I know they got rid of Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson and and uh, Trent Brown. 
Um, so we'll see what they're going to do. But yeah. very interesting, and, and I'm very, very happy. They just want to move up. I would love it to be for a stalwart offensive lineman. Fuck yeah. So Jamin Davis, linebacker, Kentucky, goes to the Dolphins at 18. Right. Leatherwood from Alabama, tackle. Could move to guard, goes to Washington at 19. That's a good pick. Big mock to the Jets. The Bears take Tevin Jenkins at 20. Oh, a lot of offensive linemen going right before the Jets. I mean, we'll see what the Bears want to do, too. Look, the Bears are another team on offense. Have a, some very good pieces. Like, you look at Allen Robinson and, uh, and Tariq Cohen is going to come back off of injury. But there are some older pieces, and they were looking to move Darnell Mooney, and they were looking to move Anthony Miller. So we'll see what the Bears do. Uh, so that's right before the Jets, but who's what's happening 21-22? Elijah Moore from Ole Miss goes to the Colts, and Rashawn Bateman goes to the Titans at 22. So oh, the so Jets we have, have options. We have some options here. Yeah. The big ones to name, obviously all the running backs are in play. I don't think we're going to go there. Justin Fields, obviously going to go to a team soon. We have Edge, Quiddy Pay from Michigan, our buddy – who has watched a lot of Michigan games hates Quiddy Pay, so that might factor into our judgment here. And you and your girlfriend bet on Quiddy Pay to be the number one pick in the. Yeah, so to to <laughs> talk through that real quick, um, my girlfriend obviously isn't huge into sports. I'm trying to get her into it, so she downloaded DraftKings and won't stop betting. It's my favorite thing ever for the past five months. Won't stop. She had the under in a um, in one of the games last night, the Celtics games, for like $150 parlay. Tristan Thompson had like three points and the under like went over by like three. And she's like, I hope Tristan Thompson died. And like, he's being a maniac. She took Quiddy <laughs> pay number one overall for a dollar to win a grand. I don't think she gets that. That's impossible. That can't happen. But I digress. We have Quiddy pay available here. Greg Newsom from Northwestern. Great cornerback, long athletic. Some injury um, problems. Injury problems. Yep. Zavan, uh, Zavan Collins from Tulsa linebacker, Caleb Farley injury problems drops here. And uh, Jock, as Mike mentioned, from Notre Dame. So, Mike, a lot of options here. What do you think? I think we should maybe go corner because we're probably going to go O-line at 34. We have a lot of options left, right? We have – who's up? We yeah, have Landon Dickerson. We have um, – who are some other guys on the board? So, if you look at O-line, you can go anywhere from Landon Dickerson. You can go up to Samuel Cosme off of the tackle from Texas. Liam Eichenberg, a guy that I love. Oh, you love Eichenberg, yeah. Creed Humphrey, a lot of guys. I think one of them will be there at 34. Wyatt Davis from Ohio State, of course. So I think, personally for me, I would go Greg Newsom the second here. And here's You'd like Newsom more than Farley? Uh, if they're both healthy, I think they both have injury problems. But Caleb Farley, back-to-back back surgeries, torn ACL. He's the most injury-prone guy you can have. People think he needs another surgery. I, I think the Jets experimented a little bit when they took D. Milner, who had a lot of injury problems, and he was very talented coming out of college. I would go with the safer guy here. I think Newsom has the, the cockiness and the athleticism to be that number one corner in the NFL. Now, if a guy like AVT fell here, I would take him over him and sign Richard Sherman as a, a veteran corner. But I love the idea here of, of having not only a number one quarterback at two, and then you fill the biggest need on defense besides edge rusher and nowadays is a lockdown corner. So you take him there, and now we can address offense with the next two picks, and I'm, I'm happy with Newsom here. I'm happy with Newsom too. Look, if we, I would love to watch Greg Newsom and Bryce Hall for the next 10 years as our corners. Yeah. Sign me up. The Jets still have to address cornerback in free agency then with a, with a veteran. Um, but look, I'll go Newsom with you. I'm okay with it. 
I think this is a great outcome for the Jets if they have the the choice of Newsom or Farley at 23, and then some of the offensive linemen available at 34. I think it's the, this is, you know, at this point, Joe Douglas would be very happy. Absolutely. Very, very excited with that pick. Now, a few guys went that we were looking at. So, for example, Caleb Farley goes to the Browns at 26. Mm. Quiddy Pay, edge rusher from Michigan, goes to the Ravens at 27. Jock goes to Green Bay at 29. But I'll tell you this. At 34, we have our pick of the offensive lineman if we want. Any offensive lineman we want. Wow. I mean, in this scenario, in real life, the Jets would probably trade back a couple picks. Oh, yeah. Kind of stuff happens a lot in the second round. Who do you like? Do you like like Dickerson? Do you like Humphrey? I I like I really love Wyatt Davis, but he's he's he seems to be dropping here. I, I like Dickerson. I'll tell you why. He's played all five positions in the offensive line, and yes, he's been injured. But imagine putting him at guard and really experimenting. Say, you're the guard because we like McGovern a little bit, and he turns into a good guard. Or if you don't think McGovern's doing well, now you have a legit number one center prospect played at Bama. This dude gets hurt. And then he said, put me in my jersey. I'm snapping the final ball in the championship game. I don't care what you tell me. He's a football guy through and through. Uh, do, we, do we go a guy like Eichenberg who hasn't been hurt? Samuel Cosme, six foot seven from Texas. Imagine him at right tackle. So it's tough. I think I'm okay with Fant being the plug-in guy at right tackle for the next year or two. And we go Dickerson, interior offensive line, or Creed Humphrey and Wyatt Davis. This is a, you can get so many fucking guys here. I don't know what to do. I'd probably lean Dickerson. Most things that I've read said that Dickerson would be a first round talent if it wasn't for his injury. I like that, especially, um, you know, trying to get as much value out of each pick as possible. And then of course you can get burned and end up with, I know you said it before, but like a D Milner situation. I'm okay with Dickerson here. If you wanted to go Cosme and, you know, have a, have a, uh, you know, a second option, a plan for the future for right tackle. That's not a bad choice either. I'm happy with Landon Dickerson. I think we need another interior offensive lineman. Um, I think he'd be the pick at 34. Great. So we're going Dickerson here. I like it. We're excited about it. Fields finally goes off the board to the Falcons at 35. What a fucking pick. <laughs> Reminiscent of Geno Smith. Remember with the Jets in 2013, the Jets were maybe going to take Geno with a 13th pick, which was the Sheldon Richardson pick, and it's also the D. Milner draft that we've been referencing. Came back around, got him at 39. So Falcons, uh, I think, would be ecstatic if they can uh, get Kyle Pitts and Justin Fields. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Asante Samuel Jr. goes off at 54 to the Colts. A lot of the O-linemen we talked Mm. about are already gone. Um, One guy is slipping here. If he falls, we're going to be in a pretty good fucking spot, and I don't think anyone's going to be, like, interested in this mock draft because it's too obvious that this is going to be fake. But he's here. Uh 66, Gregory Rousseau, edge from Miami, 15 and a half sacks, uh, sat out. Uh, he's, he's there on the board. And then another great, great edge guy that people think is going to go in the second round, Joseph Asai from Texas, edge rusher. So we have our choice our choice of Asai or Rousseau? Yeah, I think that's... Why is Gregory Rousseau there? Why is he so uh, dropping so far? Let's take him right now. Let's take him. And and we're going to get probably shit on... If we, I mean, we're going to post this. We probably won't post some mock drafts on Twitter. We can, but... I mean, this is a slam dunk so far. This can't happen. It's a slam dunk. What do we ask? You know, it's like when people say 
that a team is not as good because they beat shit teams. You have to beat who's in front of you. We have Gregory Rousseau falling into our lap at pick 56, and we're not going to take him? Got to take him. We have to take him. We're not assholes. So if you're listening to this right now, you got Zach Wilson. You got Greg Newsom. Mm-hmm. Landon Dickerson. And, of course, Gregory Rousseau. You fill your it's a home run needs. draft. It's right a home run that. draft. Home run draft. It, it's about to get even more crazy. <laughs> so we're here at 86 now. You have uh, Quincy Roche from Miami, an edge guy, but obviously we took an edge guy from Miami. We're not going to go there again. Maybe right here, Mike, is where we address running back. And a great running back option here is Michael Carter out of North Carolina or Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis. The problem, all right. The problem I have with Michael Carter and Javante, what's you his face? You don't have a problem with Javante Williams. Bite your tongue right now. They both ran for. Eight yards a carry in the same scheme in the same school. What I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's a little bit concerning because why are both those guys running for eight yards a carry? Do they have the best offensive line of all time? Are they both going to be elite running backs? Maybe I mean one or the other. Like, <laughs> what, what scheme is this? Who is the coach? They should have to be. You know, the Ravens should go get him and make ridiculous plays for that crazy run offense. But I would love to address running back. By the way. Two things. First, I think the emphasis that running backs don't matter is a little bit overdone. I, I do understand it, and there are times. I think more often than not, the scheme can make the running back better, but it's very valuable if you have a guy who has 270 carries for 1,250 yards and 12 touchdowns. No matter what, bottom line, that matters. And the Jets, I think right now, have maybe the worst running back core in football in terms of 2021. So look, if Ty Johnson comes out and rushes for 1,300 yards, fine, whatever. I'm an asshole. But at this current moment, when you look at Tevin Coleman, who had uh, you know 53 yards rushing last year, and Ty Johnson, Josh Adams, and LaMichael Pirine, I'm not happy with it. So I'm very keen on the Jets upgrading the running back spot. Do you like Michael? Do you like Michael Carter? I do. Uh, I watched North Carolina games. I remember tweeting out about Javante Williams. Not one of those guys like, oh, I tweet, I knew about Javante Williams, whatever. But it was cool. I watched him murder a guy. Uh, the the It's interesting because Mac Brown, the coach of UNC, he's been a, a pretty you know famous coach. He coached Texas with the maniac running backs, including Ricky Williams' his final year. So he, he's been around really great running backs before. Personally, for me, I think I would lean uh, Michael Carter here for that reason. He just... If you watch the UNC games, yes, you're right. But UNC, you don't see like these top offensive linemen from their team going out too early. The ACC is obviously probably like the third or fourth best conference in college football. It's not a Big Ten. It's not an SEC. Might not even be a you know a Big Twelve because I know Big Twelve has some you know nice offensive linemen that come out of there. Honestly, for me, I'm going Michael Carter. I'm going to do it. Are you ready to pull the trigger with me? Pull the trigger. Give the guy 250 handoffs. I'm going to fuck. I do like one running back, but there have been teams that are successful with not yeah, that strategy. Yeah, and look, Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis is, is a guy who's a burner, so I, I don't want to sleep on Kenneth Gainwell as well. I think that could be a pick. I think the Jets actually met with Michael Carter and Kenneth Gainwell. I want to say Michael Carter-Williams every time I start saying Michael Carter, but <laughs> not doing it, feeling good about it. <laughs> I mean, look, these guys are insane. Michael Carter had... had uh, 1,245 yards and nine touchdowns. He averaged eight yards a carry. And Javante Williams had 
19 touchdowns and average 7.3 yards a carry. I hope it's not the system. If mm-hmm. if not, and in worst case, this guy is a complimentary kind of guy. We have a lot of other running backs, as I mentioned. So I think the Jets can, especially with this, the, they brought a the new offense, uh, offensive line coach, of course, a new scheme. The 49ers ran the ball really well the last couple of years. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the Jets running game. I just think skill-wise, the Jets are probably literally number 30 in the league right now in terms of, uh, you know, past performance of the running backs. It's just, just a little bit ugly. So we'll see what happens. Yep. So now we go on to our pick 107. This is where finally, after getting a home run for the first five picks, you start getting, okay, all right. Now, now these are okay guys, not household names. Is there a position I can filter by Mike that you think should be a play here? You could go O tackle receiver tight end. What do you think here? I was going to say, just need a tight end. I think receiver, I don't even think I would touch receiver in this draft. Maybe, of course, Lee, if you like a guy. And, it's, you know, it's not going to change your franchise if you take a receiver instead of a tight end in the sixth round. But, uh, I mean, it could. Hopefully, you know, that's the goal if you take Antonio Brown. But yeah, I would, I would, I would go tight end. I would go offensive line. Um, we already addressed edge rush. We addressed corner. So I think those are probably the two most. You still need another offensive lineman. Uh, but do you want another developmental guy? You have Cam Clark in the wings, and Joe Douglas is active signing some of these backup and depth pieces on the offensive line, like Dan Feeney, Josh Andrews last year. So I probably would lean tight end, and then maybe we'll take a kicker later. But. Yeah, I, I think we could also address another uh, position now, and that would be inside linebacker. And if you inside linebacker is when I miss, even though I said that everyone's forgetting about it. Yeah, and even <laughs> even <laughs> if we look here. Dylan Moses out of Alabama. Look, Alabama prospect came out as a five-star high school recruit. Dylan Moses, a guy that I keep seeing mocked on, on like day two, or second or third round, end up getting him later here in this draft. He will be a starting will. Uh, you know, he's best in a four-three attacking scheme. So I, I think maybe we go Dylan Moses from Alabama here at linebacker. I love it. Um, I think he had injury problems. He missed the 2019 season. I'm happy with it. He can compete with Blake Cashman. Once Blake Cashman tears his hamstring in week two, then you put Dylan Moses in. Um, sure. All right. Dylan Moses from Bama taken at that pick. We are now moving on. This is a little, you know, low on the draft pick here. I don't think the Jets have one for like at least 40, maybe even 50 picks here until their next one. So we'll give it a minute while they go through. And in the meantime, like, what's the drink of choice mm-hmm. for tomorrow night? Oh, tomorrow night? I think I'm going to be drinking a lot of Bud Light Platinums. Platties, yeah. Got to do it. I'm pretty fucked up right now, to be honest. <laughs> I drank, like, half a bottle of wine. I'm feeling good. I'm in Miami. Wednesday night. Draft is tomorrow. I'm getting hyped up. We have big releases tomorrow, like we mentioned. I'm going to put out a very funny video. And we got our stores dropping. We're about to take another guy for the Jets. I think, what, are we going to take a tight end? Yeah, so we're at pick here. We're at pick 146. We're looking at the tight ends here. Um, I'm, uh, this isn't really what <laughs> GMs do is say, okay, let's go to this position here and just pick the best one we find. Um, some guys <laughs> here, John Bates from Boise State, I've heard a little bit about. I talked about um, him on our, on our other podcast, like six foot seven. It's fucking yeah, he yeah. doesn't have a lot of production. Kenny Yeboah from Boise State came out as a three-star recruit. So – do we want to take John Bates, 6'6", 259? I'll take John Bates. The only thing is, a lot of people are saying the Jets need to take a tight end. And I literally just said that. So Jets have like five tight ends on their roster. 
Yeah. And you forget Ryan Griffin is still under contract. So right now the Jets tight end depth chart is Chris Herndon, Tyler Croft, uh, Ryan Griffin, and you still have Daniel Brown, who the Jets also re-signed, who's more of a special teams kind of guy, but he has played offense, obviously had a touchdown in 2019 against the Redskins. Um, I'm happy with this pick, though. Take another tight end, a developmental guy, compete, good blocker. The Jets are going to use a lot of two tight ends, some maybe three tight end sets with this new offense. So, And, and Trayvon Wesco is also on the roster, but I'd imagine he's going to be the Jets' full-time fullback. Yeah, and I, I think it's pretty cool, though, because you look at the fifth round where we are now. A lot of GMs, I don't give a fuck. I'm taking whoever I like. I don't care where Mel Kuyper mocked him. If he's my guy, I'm taking him. Now, McCagnan might have done that in the third round sometimes, but I'm happy that... that Nathan Shepard. Yeah. Nathan Shepard, obviously. <laughs> uh, I'm happy that teams do that. Teams are saying, all right, you know what? Fuck everyone. I'm liking a guy here. I'm taking him. I don't care if he played at Colorado Southern. He's my guy. I'm taking him. So we go to our next pick here, Mike. Pick one fifty four. We got to take a kicker, right? I think it's fifth round. Maybe you get a pick kicker in the sixth round. Oh, is this still the fifth round? Still the fifth round. Uh, this could be where you could take it, like a developmental tackle guy, just to be a swing guy. Do we not like Chuma Doga? I don't personally. So if you he look actually at- graded out kind of well last year, but it, from the eye test, it was not pretty. Well, the toughest part was the fucking Denver game. A Denver game when all the injuries started happening, Chuma comes in and immediately holds a guy. Immediately when Beckham immediately. goes out. That was the optic, yeah. Like literally the first play. Yeah, so uh, a, a guy that I know I've heard before is Jalen Moore out of Western Michigan. He's 6'4", probably could be a guard though. So do we want to maybe take a guy like Adrian Ely, Oklahoma, obviously Big 12 school, Six foot seven. This guy seems like a six foot seven. He's on our team. All right, we're taking him. He's gonna so murder people. Six foot seven, three thirty. Imagine him and Becton. They they're like fourteen feet, six hundred pounds. Like, what the fuck are you gonna do? Just with that? tell him, just don't move. Just stand there. What could someone do? Go directly through him. Love it. Sit on sit on the guy. Love the pick. Love yeah. the pick. That's a home run pick. So now we now we're probably gonna go kicker with the next pick, which I'm. I'm down with who cares. Just need a kicker. I'm Sam Ficken is it was actually okay last year, but he has the worst nose in sports. It's not even remotely close. Uh, what's his face was horrifying. Uh, Sergio Castillo. I can't watch. I want a professional kicker that the Jets handpick that they like from college, who not carry Vidvik. Ever since Nick Folkleff, it's been a, a disaster. So who else we have? We had Chandler Catanzaro. We had uh, Sergio Castillo. Sergio Castillo was last year. I'm saying, but before that, we had Catanzaro. We had uh, you had Reggie Bullock for a year. Oh yeah, fucking Reggie Bullock from the Knicks. Uh, oh fuck my face, <laughs> Randy Bullock. Randy Bullock, but he was on the 2015 team. He was useful. I want a real kicker at, in the sixth round. It's interesting. I can't even find a kicker in this mock draft, and we're hitting a, a, about a five minute warning to get this done because it's. Uh, me and Mike both have stuff to do after this call, but let me. I can't. I literally can't even find a kicker. Um, How is there not one kicker? I I'm know looking it's not at the you, position. But... You, you can't even break it down by. That's so stupid. Whatever. Who Who is the kicker from Florida that everyone's mocking to us? Uh, Florida kicker. It's uh, Evan McPherson. McPherson. That's who it is. <laughs> Evan McPherson is going to kick some game-winning field goals in the playoffs for us. All right, we're taking Evan McPherson. I found him. Good to go. Let's go. We have our guy for the future. 
have our kicker. I hope that is the one that's being mocked to us. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> He's Imagine it's like a random... A random guy. No, he is the Florida kicker. He's he's mocked to the Jets. Third-year kicker, accurate. You know, he's no Rodrigo Blankenship, but... Obviously, obviously, obviously. No Rodrigo. We're coming to an end here. We have our final pick. Is it the final pick? I don't know. Maybe. We, we don't have multiple seventh-round picks. It's our final pick here. It's our final yeah. pick here. We can trade back if we want. But instead, let's just take the best available. This is where we take best available. We're smart. We're not, you know, going to be trying to squeeze for different positions. We're going to take a guy who's a dude who's going to help our team. Um. So we're looking at we can go receiver here. A lot of you know top receivers we can go here. We have maybe some kind of specialist like a returner. If the guy's fast. Yeah. 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 Let's go. I mean UCF, a, a school that produces some receivers. Yeah, Gabriel uh, Davis, the guy on the the Bills, seven touchdowns last year from uh, UCF. We're going Marlon Williams from UCF. Yeah. We're just doing it. He's one of the best available. I love it. I'm gonna have the draft summary coming up here in a minute. Uh, Mike, I think we knocked out of the park. Dude, Marlon Williams, 71 catches, 1,039 yards, 10 touchdowns last year. Playing in the ultra, you know, UCF plays an incredible competition. <laughs> yeah. We but, just, no, but look, we, 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 yeah. We, take a, we take a guy. He's a dude. I'd rather a guy who's produced in college. He has, you know, those stats. And, and uh, you know, six foot, 215, played all four years with UCF. Jets are looking for high-character dudes. This guy doesn't quit on his fucking squad. <laughs> this is the best draft that has ever been attempted. It has. Actually, this is actually a really good draft. I mean, I guarantee you, if you tweet this out and be like, would you take this draft tomorrow and the next three days, you'll get a poll that's 99% on Twitter. Uh, obviously, good draft. Oh, we're up again, I think. What? What? <laughs> Another Dude, pick. Rousseau at 56 is just ridiculous. No, no, that was our final pick. I traded out of it. Oh, Pretty thank good. God. User picks, we're going Zach Wilson, number two, Greg Newsom at 23, Landon Dickerson and Gregory Rousseau in the third round, Michael Carter, 86, Dylan Moses from Bama, linebacker at 107, John Bates, tight end from Boise State, Adrian Ely, Oklahoma tackle that we're going to you know groom throughout his time yep. with the Jets, Evan McPherson, Florida kicker, and Marlon Williams, wide receiver from UCF. That is our thing. That is our draft. Mike, I'm taking a picture of it. If you want to tweet this out and go crazy. I'm going to tweet it out. I'm going to tweet it out. I mean, that is some kind of draft. This will, you know, at least I'll, I'll tweet this out. People will know I'm, you know, on the Zach Wilson train now. I just want, you know, to support what the Jets are doing. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm very excited for Zach Wilson. It's just, it's a little bit soon. We were talking about it before, you know, with the end of the, the Sam saga. I, I just needed a couple weeks. People gave me graciously. They gave me a couple weeks to, to grieve. And, and now, you know, here we are, we're about to take another quarterback. Matt's changing into another shirt. Well, I have to go walk a park with my girlfriend's family. Um, but <laughs> it's great. I tweeted out the meme of the, the guy talking to his girlfriend and was like, Hey, can't hang out Thursday night. We got the draft Friday night, by the way, probably can't hang out Saturdays. I'm a hard, maybe I can, I did it. It was great. Last year I took a nap in between picks for the Jets when they had like a 35 pick gap and I got woken up to the pick of James Morgan. Oh, that was terrible. Well, the, the reason I was so pissed about James Morgan last year, like, dude, 
some good prospects on the board, like Bryce Hall, whatever. And I'm not a huge, I'm like a big draft expert, but a lot of people are mocking Bryce Hall. They just said, just take this fucking guy. And we're pissed that Morgan went and, and then P Ryan. Um, but Bryce Hall in the fifth round. Yeah. And the cool thing is though, I, I get why they did it. it just, I don't think it was the right guy. If you thought he was the right guy, he would have been suited up for a few games when Sam was out, but he wasn't. So I don't know. You look at it, people are like, oh, you need someone to learn Gase's system behind Darnold. This is a great pick. And everyone tries to talk themselves into certain picks. You have to call a spade a spade. Was not a good pick. A fourth round can be a starter in your team. Can be a starter in your team. Yeah. You can make the argument that the past 10 years, the Jets have had more fourth round starters than second round starters. So I think it's probably true. The only thing is, who knows what happens in the future. Imagine you said the, the first year the Redskins took Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I say he's a fucking stupid pick. And then now he's a... Uh, you know, $180 million quarterback who threw for 35 touchdowns. But I agree with you. I think it's a very underwhelming pick from last year. And the Jets need a, especially when you have Darnold, or even now if you have Zach Wilson, like unless James Morgan turns into a really solid backup, it's a, you know, a disaster. But we'll see, look, in the preseason this year, it's going to be fun to watch James Morgan. <laughs> yeah, in the two games they have in the preseason. If they was only two games, I forgot. Yeah, so yeah. strange. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier with my housemate. You look at Petty and Hackenberg, you can find a ton of clips of them playing in the preseason. Obviously, Petty played multiple games as a starter, but it, it's good for a young quarterback to get some action in the game. Like, anything matters. Yeah. You don't want the Gibson that, like Christian Hackenberg did going into week one of 2016 with famously was horrible. But, Mike, we have the drafts. We went through it. I cannot wait. Have a good time on Twitter tomorrow. Have a lot of fun. Don't be arguing with people. You might not agree with a pick. You might not agree with a take that someone has, but have fun with it. You can you know, call out bullshit ideas, but have a good time. Enjoy the night because it happens once a year, and it's the best fucking night. I cannot wait for the draft. It, I'm pumped. I mean, everyone's more excited for 23 because you go up to 23 like, oh, shit, who's going to get taken? Who's going to get taken? And even when 23 is over, if they do stay there and take the pick, the final – Eight picks are so impactful. It matters so much. Then you pick a 34. Exactly. It's going to be amazing. Exactly. And the only times the Jets have had a, a couple of... The last time the Jets have two first-round picks is 2013. Yep. And it was exciting. You took Milner, and you took Sheldon Richardson, and we're like, who the fuck is Sheldon Richardson? And we were, we were, how old were we? Like 15? Yeah, um, we, were, we were 16, 17. I think the cool thing is that we're going to get to go into this draft, and then every time a pick is made after two that is not an edge corner offensive lineman, we're, we're going like, to be excited. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And the, only, the only time we don't want a receiver, if, if God forbid, not God forbid, but if you know Devontae Smith falls 23, which I don't think can happen, but a lot of people have him falling outside the top 10, top 15. He could be that one drafted guy that slides. Give me Devontae Smith at 12 or 23 immediately. Oh, of course. Well, of course. Then you figure out later what you need to do. But uh, give me Devontae Smith at 23. It's going to be Zach Wilson. It's probably going to be an offensive lineman in a corner. I'm here for it. I love it. This is one of the first times me and Mike won't be watching the draft together. Mike, have a great time in Miami. Enjoy it. We'll see you back next week. We'll probably do a pod after the draft is concluded. And then we have some big stuff coming, so be prepared for tomorrow. All right, Mike, I got to bounce. Appreciate right, peace it, buddy. Out, bro. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Peace.